Buglers, we are live from Leicester Square Theatre on the 16th of September with Chris Addison and Alice Fraser. It might be our only London date of the year, so get your tickets now. Oh, get them at thebuglepodcast.com. That, that bit's important. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Bugle Ashes Zoltzcast. I am Andy Zoltzman, and the Ashes 2023 are still alive. Both the men's and the women's series live on when they might have died. Uh, the England women have won two T20 games in a row to keep their multi-format series going to the three one-day internationals, and the men's team won the third test, a game that I confidently predicted in uh, the preview of day four that they would win easily and they did win easily albeit that they only won easily for about the last two minutes <laughs> of what was otherwise a very difficult rather complicated chase uh, it was yet another fluctuating day and in the in the pattern of this series a day in which neither neither side ever got on top really till right at the very end England kept building little partnerships kept losing wickets until Harry Brook, who was a little bit iffy at the start, and uh, Chris Wokes who got away with a couple of uh, early flaps. Uh, and then both of them played brilliantly. Mark Wood came in and uh, finished it off with a, a, a couple of boundaries. It was a brilliant game. England won by three wickets, 254 for seven in 50 overs. It was, in a way, some of the best ball batting. They might have lost wickets, but they kept going at five and over throughout. There was only one maiden in the whole innings. England kept getting singles. I think Australia, after about the 22nd over, didn't string more than four dot balls together at any point. They set passive fields, as we've talked about through this series. England generally chose the right balls to try and hit before and otherwise just kept working it around and ended up getting over the line despite five wickets from Mitchell Stark, helped by an off day for Pat Cummins and uh, an ineffective outing for Scott Boland. Chris, um, it was pretty tense in the commentary box. Uh, it was massively tense in the stadium at Headingley. Um, it looked pretty calm out where Chris Wokes was in the middle, but he sort of exudes that at, uh, at most times. Uh, how was it? How was it for you? Yeah, it was. It was awful. Um, it was. I mean, obviously, don't get me wrong. It, it was. It was thrilling. And actually, when you look back at the stats, you realise some of those Aussie bowlers, those numbers are quite stinky. But. Um, I, I had an, an obligation on Sunday afternoon to take the kids out to burn off some energy at the end of the weekend, and we were not going anywhere. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, "It's okay, it's okay. Just, just a hundred in a hundred runs time or fewer, <laughs> we will go out. The fewer being the worst case scenario." And and they sort of said, and, and you know what? Actually, I think one of them was still half watching right. when I was leaping around like a loon when um, <laughs> when we got over the line. It was, it was, it was. Uh, to coin a Zaltzman phrase, it was yet another narrow thrashing. <laughs> yeah, it was. And six of the last nine testing that have played now have been really gripping finishes. They won by 74 runs in Royal Pindi, but with only minutes to spare. They won by 26 runs in Multan. 
They lost by one wicket in um, sorry, they lost by one run in Wellington, two mm. wickets at Edgebaston, forty three runs at Lords, but that was after a late uh, late clatter of uh, clatter of wickets when it, it looked like they might get over the line and, and one by three wickets here. It's been a really extraordinary run of games that this team has been uh, been involved in. And to highlight what a sort of closely fought match this was, this was only the third ever Ashes Test in which all four innings have been in the 200s. And that oh. balance between bat and ball throughout just kept it constantly gripping. And in fact, in some ways, the difference was that England, although they didn't build big partnerships, the first 50 partnership of the match was the 59 that Wokes and Brooke put on uh, for the seventh wicket when England needed 80 to win. Wow. And it looked... The, the, the wind vis started at 75%. Then it, with wickets falling, it got down to about 55, then back up to 75, then back down, then back up to 75. And then it was just over 50-50 in England's favour when Wokes came to the wicket. One one wicket would have turned it decisively mm. to Australia. So that's the the, the, the system that sort of pr- predicts, or tells you who's likely to win at every any given stage. So it was constantly uh, fluctuating. But what England didn't have was a clatter of wickets. They had only two single-figure partnerships in the match compared with Australia's nine most of them in that 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 late collapse and they lost their last six for 23 in first inning so i mean just looking at the, the lengths of partnerships in the second innings uh, 9.1 overs 4.5 5.4 9.2 5.2 5, and then 11.5 so they just they, although they never got fully on top they didn't have a catastrophic moment and Bairstow didn't last very long um but apart from that they they yeah they didn't sort of get they they never I think instituted a full panic that no. you sort of need right, two really quick, well maybe three quick wickets, and you'll you you get into fourth innings panic territory, and they managed to uh, to avoid that. It's really easy to look back with hindsight now. Um, obviously, there was a couple of false changes on both sides. You know, injury to Pope, injury to Lyon, other tactical decisions as well. Um, England's went really well for them, and the players they brought in did brilliantly. And the players Australia brought in either weren't given the opportunity or had about the worst game they've had for Australia as well. <laughs> so, so, so that's Wood, Wood and Wokes are, are on one side and Murphy and Boland on the other side. Yes, I mean, I've never do. seen Boland so average. Yes, well, you do. Oh, Mitchell Marsh had a very good game for Australia. Of course, sorry, Marsh as well. Yeah, yeah. Wicket in both innings and and uh, and a century and batted well briefly in the second innings. But yeah, I take I take your point. So Boland. Well, I mean, when we saw him on Australia, we thought, oh, this guy is absolutely ideally suited to English conditions. Yeah. And he's come over here and he's played two of the three tests and taken two wickets and gone at you know, nearly five and over, I think. Um, but the, th- the thing is, there haven't been English conditions in this series, so it hasn't really suited him. Mm. Um, and England have played him really well. They've been very proactive against him. They've, they've attacked him. So he went. Uh, he's had his two most expensive games in this series, in the eight tests he'd played uh, before this one, I think he'd only had one game where he'd gone for more than three and over, and he's gone, England have hit him for sort of round about five and over both innings. They hit Cummins for over five and over across this test match in the both in, both innings combined, and he got, he got six wickets in the first and uh, and got got root out a bit with not a great ball in the second. But that's the first time he's gone for more than five and mm. over in a, in a test match. So that, I mean, that's, you know, England's approach has worked. Cummins has got wickets, but he's not sort of run through England. Um, so yeah, Boland and Murphy. I mean, you can't really tell anything about Murphy from this game. He held it together pretty well when Stokes was hitting him for loads of sixes in the first innings. But the absence of Lyon, I think, really came to the fore. Yeah. And this, you know, guy with 500 wickets worth of experience 
you know, would have changed the way Australia bowled in both innings, really, and the way they tried to, to stop England um, scoring at such pace. And he'd been very effective at that until that injury. So, um, uh, yeah, the, the guys England brought in, um, we talked about them uh, in, in other shows. Mm. Chris Wokes had uh, three wickets in both innings and an innings over 30 for England in the Ashes since 1985. Graham Swan had one match like that. And uh, Andrew Flintoff, I think, had one match like that. But it was the third occurrence since both of them in 85 of two threefers and a 30. Uh, I mean, it's a minor all-round achievement, but it shows how valuable he is. He doesn't leap off the scorecard. But also, it's his second time, Chris, that he's scored 30-plus in a fourth-innings chase in an England victory, batting in the lower order. He got 84, not out, batting at seven against Pakistan. Brilliant yeah. innings in 2020. Only one other player has ever had two innings of 30 or more in a successful fourth-innings chase uh, batting at seven or lower in their career. And that, oddly, was Dominic Cork, who had uh, <laughs> two 30-odds in uh, fourth innings wins uh, for England, um, one in New Zealand in the 96-7 series and one against West Indies um, in 2000. So uh, that's, you know, two great achievements for Wokes as a as a batsman and, um, you know, again, shows his value to the side. Mark Wood, 40 runs in the match off just 16 balls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to go with his his five uh, wickets in that incandescent first innings and a couple more in the second. So these players came in. Uh, Moeen picked up two wickets um, and also a, a kind of a selfless sacrifice in the second innings. He put he, he asked to be promoted to three, and he's batted all over the order. He's batted mm. one in every position from one to nine for England, and he volunteered to go at three. Brooke had looked a bit out of sorts at three. Mm. Went back to his more familiar five played the sort of match-deciding match innings, really. And Moen only got five, but there was something about the attitude of it and saying, well, I'll, I'll do this. Uh, yeah. And he's, throughout his career, just been the most selfless team player, often to his own detriment in terms of his uh, his numbers. And, but I think it sort of worked, and it might... He, he That's where he batted as a county player before he yeah. became an England spinner. He was a top... He was a number three batter for Worcestershire who bowled occasional spin, and then England picked him as a spinner and he mostly batted in the middle order. But I think he might stay there for the old Trafford uh, test, and it gave the batting line up quite a nice, like a beefy-looking middle order. Well, it made, it made, in a chase, the tail look... Like like having Wood come in at nine, England looked much better equipped for a fourth innings chase. Uh, having I don't know for whatever reason psychologically he would have been at nine anyway if Ali hadn't been there. But yeah, it, yeah. I don't know there was just something something about it seems to work. Yes, definitely. Well, I think um, well it was I, mean, I guess Brooke, the fact that Brooke came in and succeeded yes made it all. Uh, and I guess one of the encouraging things for England is that Root. Um, didn't really feature in this match. Yeah. Stokes got out in the second innings uh, after, you know, came in and just looked like he was absolutely in the zone and then just nicked one down the leg side. Bairstow failed again, unable to replicate what he did last year. Again, that thing we've talked about through this series of whether England were risking his productivity by making him keep wicket. Um, uh, yeah, it's not worked so far. But there's so many things you wouldn't have predicted in this series. You would have, I think, predicted it would be close and gripping and tense. But here's one thing you would not have predicted, that after three tests... Mitchell Marsh would have more runs than Marnus Labuschagne. <laughs> you wouldn't have predicted that. Zach Crawley's got more runs than Steve Smith, albeit only narrowly. But, I mean, Crawley's had a sort of useful series without yeah. any major scores. And again, today, he came out and he just looked so authoritative, and then he got out. Um, you wouldn't have predicted uh, before the series. When Chris Wokes, you would have thought, probably might never play a test again. Even slightly surprised that he got called into the squad for all that he's been a superb player for England, particularly in this country. After three tests, he's got more wickets than Cameron Green and Scott Boland put together. Um, so, 
you know, these, these, well, this is the joy of test cricket. You, know, you don't know what's what's going to going to happen, and and you know, one of the fascinations of this series that has just kept us guessing all along. Uh, and I think now two one with two to play. I think that's about fair on the play that we've seen so far. It could have been 3-0 to England. It could have been 3-0 to Australia. It could have been 2-1 to England. It is 2-1 to Australia. Um, uh, and I think, yeah, the, the, the errors England made in the first two tests proved decisive. And the uh, I think the penetration that Wood gave England in this match was uh, ultimately the decisive, decisive factor. And it did feel, like I said the other day, that that first over of Mark Wood in the first innings, it felt like the nature of this series had changed, that yeah. here was a major new weapon. Just, just uh, last thought on this innings because there's loads of other stuff to talk about. Um, Harry Brook, he um, he both always looks brilliant and never totally looks in, <laughs> and that's not just this series. That's not just this innings today. E- even in Pakistan, there is, there is, there is something vulnerable about him. Yet he scores uh, like you know eighty runs per hundred balls. He is yeah. Well, it's more than that. Uh, it's, it's more like ninety five. He, he reached a thousand runs in his in tests in this match. Just his tenth match. Only the eleventh player in Test history to reach a thousand in ten tests or fewer. The fourth England uh, England player. Though the most recent was Gary Balance. So let's not get too carried right. away. He tailed off fairly quickly. But I don't think Brook will do that. Brook looks to have a much sort of purer technique. That, that should stand up to the rigours of uh, international cricket and the examination that players uh, go under. But he's, I guess the fact that he's scored so fast means that you have to take risks to do that. So there's always yeah. a chance that he's going to get one of these shots wrong and sometimes he gets away with it and sometimes uh, he doesn't. But he, he plays just some of the purest shots you can see. He was uh, he had a few little flaps he got away with today, but generally he was really careful and selective. He's got this beautiful forward defensive when he plays it. Um, so yeah, you can understand why people are getting very, very excited about him as a as a long term England player. He he'd had a bit of a shaky start to the series, a few starts, then careless shots, and then a couple of low scores. But this was uh, you know an innings that has fully established him in this series. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So, Andy, three yeah. tests down. Yes. Australia lead 2-1. Yep. Um, the next test in, in Old Trafford, I don't, I don't know where you want to start with the, 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 the 2-1 side of that or the Old Trafford side of that. <laughs> well, um, well, like I said, I mean, three tests that have been so close. And it's very rare to get three games in a row like this. We had it in 2005. The Edge Baston test that England won by two runs. The Old Trafford test when Australia won nine wickets down and it was drawn, and then England won by three wickets at Trent Bridge. 
it's very rare to get such a collection of brilliant games mm. back to back. Um, but it feels like the nature of these two sides is that there's no reason the next two can't be equally good and the results e- equally unpredictable. So I've sort of given up predicting what's going to happen. I thought England were going to win quite easily today uh, and then uh, that didn't happen. Um, so, yes, I don't know, Chris. But, I, yeah, I mean, it's just been such a joy and a privilege to to be work, working. Working, is that the right term? Working. <laughs> uh, sitting up in the commentary box with my, with my coloured pens and my computers. And, um, uh, yeah, I think everyone in cricket is hugely excited, whoever they support, whether it's England, Australia or anyone else. It's been it's just shown Test cricket at its marvelous polychromatic best. So, uh, so tomorrow, tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning, you're on the National Express bus back to London. Turns out, <laughs> Brendan McCullum is sitting in the uh, seat right. next to you. Yeah, remarkable coincidence. And he wants your, your take on whether England should should make any changes. Uh, what, what how he thinks Australia might ad- adapt to this. What what, what are you going to be uh, telling the king of S and M cricket? Well. I'd probably be telling him to do do it his way, which has sort of worked so far. And but for a, a couple of little things, they could have been they could have been dominating this uh, this series in terms of results. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's unlikely they're going to make uh, major changes. Robinson had a back spasm. Um, I think it's possible he won't play, and maybe Anderson or yeah. even Tung will come in. Um, it's impossible to imagine they'll drop either Wokes or Wood after this game. There's uh, what they've got eight nine days off now. Broad's mm. been superb. Um, I think Moeen Ali at three might be worth sticking with. Um, so I don't think they're going to change it. I, I think they've got to. Um, I think they'll stick with Best. Oh, his keeping looked out. I thought a bit bit sharper in the second innings. He seems to be moving his feet a bit better. So maybe he's just getting back into it. Um, you know, the rustiness is maybe falling off. Um, so I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think I'd change anything now. Um, but I, unless you know, the fitness of the bowlers, I guess, is the key. The key factor. I think Australia's got more. More issues. Warner's, yeah. Warner seems in a massive rut against Broad. Labuschagne and Smith haven't really fired apart from Smith's hundred at Lords, um, and their their tail got blown away. So yeah, I think. I mean, I think momentum is overrated. We've talked about this a lot mm-hmm. over the years, Chris. The first stuff we did together was that two thousand and nine. Yes, it's the Ashes series. We had the momentumometer um, to illustrate quite how pointless momentum is, and in that series. Um, you know, teams kept getting on top and then collapsing in the next game. I had one Australia thrashed England in the fourth test. You think going into the decider at one all, all the momentum was with Australia, and then England absolutely hammered them in the oval. So, um, momentum, sh- momentum, uh, and in this series, the momentum never seemed to last more than about ten minutes. So, well, anyway, bring it on. Before we wrap this episode up, we'll have a quick look at the the women's ashes. I've not been able to see much because I've been so immersed working in the in the men's ashes. I went to one of the days of the um, I went to the second day of the Test match in Nottingham, uh, which was which was good fun. And, it's, and again, it's been you know a fascinating narrative over the series and a series of good games. And England have, have won two in a row against a team that basically hasn't lost since the Ice Ages. Yeah. Um, and you know, statistically, the chart I think Australia won. Well, they lost barely lost in forty games. And you know, the statistic the statistic likelihood of them losing five in a row was off the scale but obviously that doesn't really apply in 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 sport now England have this this momentum Australia looks a little rattled according to my colleagues who were at the game game yesterday three one dayers um now in in the gap between the 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 third men's test and the fourth men's test um I mean is are, are we seeing one of the great summers of cricketing comebacks Chris I I really think it's possible I, I think it's probably more on with the women it seems at the moment and 
What I liked about the game last night was Alice Capsey, who has been really hotly tipped for a period of time now, but struggled in this series, as you would expect a new player against this brilliant Australia team, just came to life. And, you know, the, the England team, yeah, it, it, it's fine to rely on the likes of Sophie Ecclestone and, 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 and Nat Siverbrunt to, to get you in, you know, keep you in the mix. But you need you need other players to sort of step up and grow. And I, I thought, uh, to see Siver playing the anchor role in a chase and Capsi being the one going for it was was really exciting. And and the the Aussies on the field, yeah, they 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 looked short short of options at the end. I mean, it's a bit ridiculous, of course, because they they have got their second eleven is a bit like that late nineties, early noughties Australian second <coughs> eleven like yeah. in the men's team, who would probably be one of the best best teams in the world as well. But then equally. England still haven't picked Izzy Wong, who is a great all-rounder as well and is, is scoring in domestic cricket. So it's great, Andy. I blooming love it. And <laughs> there's 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 so many reasons to uh, not be focused on anything else right now. Yeah, And also, I mean, the ticket sales, and people mention the ticket sales a lot, yep. uh, but it is so extraordinary. that I mean, they've sold out all, all the, the white ball games. The test match had decent numbers, a few thousand every day. Um, and I think you know decent numbers at the, at the weekend, and yep. the change in such a short time, um, and the interest in it has just—it's been a really remarkable achievement. And and yeah, the broadcast I think can take quite a lot of credit. I think Sky and the BBC both got behind women's cricket and started broadcasting it when there maybe wasn't the public demand, and almost by supporting it, they've now created the demand that is seen in the fact that uh, the you know the games have had twenty thousand plus at the at Lords in the Oval. Yeah, you, you're completely right. Like the the um, you mentioned it, I think on on the last show, having having women's cricket on the bill in the hundred uh, has has meant that it's not just brought it to the public attention. I think it's made the the players at domestic level used to playing in front of fifteen twenty thousand people, you know, a number of times a year, and so so they go into uh, you know a series against Australia. And it, it's 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 just another big game for them, and I, I think um, that that's yeah. Look, it, it's it's wonderful for the game, and it's really entertaining. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of the Bugle Ashes Salts cast. Thank you for listening during uh, another captivating Test match here in Leeds. We will be back with a preview before the Old Trafford Test, which begins a week on Thursday. Uh, I've completely lost track of all time. <laughs> all reality and anything that isn't cricket um, which is frankly a beautiful state of existence to be in uh, thank you for listening do check out all the other stuff from the Bugle uh, podcast stable including the Bugle itself at thebuglepodcast.com thanks to Chris thanks to you for listening may the cricket be with you Amen <laughs>